Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. This is Unnecessary Roughness. You got to score points to win. You can't win without scoring points. Touchdown Raiders! He went right through the line and gives Vegas a touchdown to extend the lead. Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM. Here's your boy Q. As we kick off hour number three of the show here on Raider Nation Radio 920 Unnecessary Roughness, Demon Cotton and your boy Q. We bring in our good friend Omar Ruiz from the NFL Network. You can find him on Twitter at Omar D. Ruiz. And Omar, it's been a minute, man, since we had you on the show. We appreciate you. Hopefully, you had a great New Year's. And of course, it's never the news is never slow around here at all when it comes to the Raiders. We find out today Derek Carr <laughs> says goodbye to Raider Nation. Uh, I mean, for some people. Oh, uh, Omar, Derek Carr was the only quarterback that they ever really knew when it came to the Raiders. So what, is, what did Derek Carr mean from your vantage point just for the whole organization into Raider Nation? Well, he was the face of the franchise, you know, for essentially nine years, nine seasons. Um, and he did it proudly. Uh, he did it without hesitation um, when he was drafted coming in with, to a team that, you know, hadn't won much, you know, since they made the Super Bowl run, as we all know, and, and didn't really, and hasn't really won much since. Right. Um, since he was drafted, as we all know. And uh, the fact that he never, and I and, and I think David Carr, his brother on our network, you know, kind of reiterated this point that, you know, he never threw anybody in the bus or demanded a trade, you know, previously, you know, to this obviously immediate situation here or, or anything like that. Um just kind of did did what was best. He kind of wore the um, you know PR arm of the Raiders when they were leaving Oakland, and all the fans that were upset there, um, and, and kind of did it gracefully or as best he could, and, and just did so many things that I think are above and beyond the job description of a franchise quarterback. And he did it, um, like I said, without hesitation. So you kind of look back at his era uh, of the Raiders. Yeah, of course. You know, you wish they would have won more, and you would have been part of it. And uh, and you know, so I think you know Raider fans should, you know, demand excellence. You know, the commitment to excellence and and world championships are what they expect in, in that contention. Um, uh, Derek Carr obviously was not a part of that. Um, uh, you know, a, any sort of significant playoff run or anything like that. So, um, you know, there's there's a certain um, part of me that understands that, you know, uh, moving in a different direction, but at the same time, I think at this point today, you know, it's a chance to look back, you know, fondly at what he gave to the organization while knowing that, you know, hopefully uh, it can win more in the future. Absolutely. I couldn't have said it better myself. I start off the show saying that, you know, if you don't appreciate Derek Carr for everything that he attempted to do with the organization, then then I don't know what's wrong <laughs> because he he attempted to do everything that he could. And really, like you said, man, he, he did a lot of good by the organization and stabilized that quarterback position. So moving forward, the Raiders are going to attempt to trade him. He's got the no trade clause. Ian Rappaport said that earlier today uh, on, on your network, NFL Network, saying that they're going to attempt to try to trade him. How many suitors do you think are out there right now? for Derek Carr? Well, I think there'll be plenty. Um, and, and I think because of his no trade clause, he could, you know, obviously look for a situation that suits him best. Um, you know, I, I can kind of think back to um, the Jimmy Garoppolo when he was shipped out of New England, you know, obviously landed in a great spot in San Francisco and, 
coached by Kyle Shanahan, and and I forget what the particulars of, of that trade were, but you know I I know Belichick wanted to get him as far out of the you know division in the AFC as as best as possible, and he did that and kind of worked out for both teams. And so I think you know in, in that regard, I think you know Derek will be able to you know look at all the options, and you know I think many times in this situation, it's actually the agent that will kind of go to all these different teams and kind of, you know, get all the information, what they're willing to trade him for. And then, you know, then the agent goes and kind of presents that to the Raiders. And, you know, it's, it's a big, you know, constant communication along those lines where, you know, Derek will be in the loop. They'll keep the Raiders in the loop, all the other suitors. And I think, um, you know, at the end of the day, I think there'll be a, a good chance that it could work out for both parties. Do you think that there's a chance that the Raiders at some point before that February 15th date just says, you know what, we we just going to have to move on from them because uh, the trade that we want is not there? Yeah, I think that, yeah, certainly that's possible, you know, that they could do that and just, you know, they, they, they already, you know, kind of benched them with two games to go, so I don't think there's, you know, any, <laughs> they're not obviously looking for any PR or any, you know, swan song, um, you know, uh, you know, the, the court has been cut. Right. So, you know, I, I wouldn't put it past them to do that um, if if that's what the organization feels is best. And, and if, you know, there's not the trade market that we all think might develop, mm-hmm. if it doesn't develop to the point that it gets the compensation that the Raiders are looking for. So, yeah, I think at this point, you know, I think that's why, you know, all the statements that people are making, it's, you know, they're, they're beginning to explore all the options and, and just kind of see where they go. And, and obviously, uh you know, nothing has to be done, you know, at this point, and, and the Raiders can hold Pat for what they think is a, a fair and suitable offer, and, and Derek, if, if he doesn't like the situation that uh, that's presented, he, he can do the same. Right, absolutely. Omar Ruiz from NFL Network is our guest here on Radio Nation Radio 920 on Necessary Roughness. Jarrett Stidham, Derek Carr, obviously he's on his way out, uh, a rookie quarterback or some veteran out there. What do you think the next best option for the Raiders are going into 2023 for the quarterback position? I would, I would hope they, they would go get somebody like Tom Brady if he's available, you know, sort of like a, a bona fide stud. You know, I, I think my disappointment in, you know, the, the coaching staff, you know, sort of thing is is you kind of look at across the league um, somebody like Jared Goff and what Sean McVay, you know, breathed life into him. You look at Doug Peterson and the way he developed Trevor Lawrence and, and you go back to, Brian Dayball and what he was able to do with Daniel Jones. And those were all quarterbacks that struggled mightily, looked mm-hmm. awful, um, you know, before those coaches got a hold of them. And Derek Carr, obviously, before Josh McDaniels got there, had proven to be a Pro Bowl caliber player, um, you know, could lead a team to the playoffs. And the fact, you know, that Josh didn't elevate his game, um, I think, you know, it's like, it's, you know, you can't get the guys to play at their best. You know, I don't know. I would have reservations, you know, in the development of a quarterback, you know, if you can't get this, you know, pro bowler type to play at their best. Um, so, you know, so I would say, you know, Tom Brady, you know, a bona fide veteran like that, who you know, doesn't need to kind of be built up, you know, the way maybe a Derek Carr needed to be. And, and that was part of the issue, um, you know, in their evaluation of him. Um, going forward, but I mean, you know, I, I think coming down from ownership, ownership granted, you know, I, I think, you know, the, 
the organization and the personnel, the coaching staff, you know, to, to do what they feel is best. And so, you know, if it's a full other rebuild like that, you know, going by a rookie or even developing Jared Stidham, I think, you know, it's another frustrating few years for the fan base. You know, and I think the fan base feels exactly like you said about the development and, and taking Derek Carr to the next level. So uh, could absolutely understand exactly where you're coming from. Again, Omar Ruiz, our guest here from NFL Network on Radio Nation Radio 920. DeMond's got one for you. Yeah, you mentioned Tom Brady there, and something that a few members of Raider Nation have been saying is, why would Tom Brady want to leave a weaker division and come to the AFC West with Justin Herbert, Patrick Mahomes, and then if the Broncos can figure out the coaching change, someone who's going to be able to elevate Russell Wilson. Do you put any stock into that, that Tom Brady would essentially be scared of the QB competition in the AFC West? He ain't scared. No, no, I don't think, you know, Tom Brady, if he feels if he, feels he can win with, you know, Josh, and, and obviously I'm, I'm sure he does at some, at some level, um, you know, given all their history together. And, and if he looks at that Raiders roster, which, you know, obviously going into the year, we all thought it was going to be a pretty awesome team. And, and, you know, that adds to the disappointment of the 2022 season. Um, you know, and I think if, if Brady feels he can elevate the roster the way he did with Tampa, you know, they were what, seven and nine the year before he got there. And, and, you know, for the most part, they they were statistically pretty good, um, but the thirty turnovers by by uh, Jameis Winston kind of you know cost them that season. And I know they were very confident with their roster. And I think you can look at the Raiders in the same way for all the hype and the optimism that we had going into the year. You look at all the blown leads and the frustrated losses and and the things where you know the ball bounces a couple different ways, and it's a it's a different team. It's a different outcome. And so, you know, I think if Brady or whoever, you know, a veteran quarterback like that evaluates it that way, um, then I think, you know, it could potentially be as good as we all thought it could be heading into 2022. So, yeah, I don't, I don't think, you know, given that Mahomes there or, or uh, you know, Justin Herbert coming on, you know, w- would dissuade him in any way if, if, in fact, he is interested by all the positives that we, we just mentioned. We just mentioned a couple of quarterbacks that are still playing in the playoffs now. Herbert, Patrick Mahomes, even Tom Brady. I know there's talk about him coming to the Raiders, but he's still in the playoffs right now as we speak. When you look at the slate of games that's going to be taking place in this wild card weekend, what game excites you the most? That's a good question because a, a lot of them do. I'm looking at Saturday games probably. Well, I'll just I'll hit, you know, let, let me start backwards. That Tampa-Dallas game, I think there's mm. just a lot of pressure on Dallas because you know, essentially Jason Garrett, you know, he had him competing every year, but they never really did anything in the playoffs. And eventually after, you know, 10 or so years of that, they moved on and Mike McCarthy comes in. He's won 12 games, uh, two years in a row, but they're still looking for that deep playoff run, you know, to justify making that coaching change. So I think there's a lot of intrigue there and you guys already touched upon, you know, Tom Brady and, and that element. And then you look at Saturday games, uh, that the Saturday night game with those, Two young quarterbacks, Herbert, Trevor Lawrence, making their playoff debuts in that electric atmosphere in Duval and another organization that's kind of been starved uh, for winning football to give them an opportunity to host a home game like that in prime time and see what these young quarterbacks can do, I, I think will be awesome. And then, and then just this is a game that didn't necessarily catch my eye when, when the seedings came out, but, but given the forecast that's going to happen in Santa Clara, and potential downpours, mm-hmm. th- that factor uh, into the game, I think, would give Seattle much more of a shot than, than maybe if it was played in perfect condition, you know, slow down that the running after catchability of the 49ers and, and, you know, given that it's a division rivalry and all that. So 
I think those three are the ones you know I'll be looking at looking at. But uh, but you know the, the Sunday games will be good as well. But you know those three I think are the ones that catch my eye. You know, Omar, I wanted to ask you real quick about Sean Payton, and there's many reports out there that he might be looking at Denver. You mentioned Dallas; he could easily be looking at Dallas. I know Jerry Jones would love to have him. Where do you think Sean Payton ends up coaching in 2023? Yeah, it's a good question. I think um, I think we'll have to wait and see how the playoffs shake out because um, obviously if you're in the playoffs, you're pretty good, you know, this year mm-hmm. and, and, or at least something to build off. Or at least that's the line right. of thinking, you right. know, when, when we look at the Raiders of 2021. Um, so, you know, I, I never uh, put my uh, hat or my chips in, in the pile, you know, at this point on the coaching search, because there's always that one surprise, you know, when the playoffs are done, that, you know, a, a coach, you know, moves on or we still don't know what's happening with Sean McVay yet. Um, I just don't think the landscape is there um, to, to make that proper evaluation. Now, if you're asking me which is the most likely that Sean Payton ends up for the jobs that are open right now, um, you know, I would say Cardinals is probably, you know, mm. where he can come in and, and have the most autonomy given that they're making a general manager change to and, and given that he's been living out this year in L.A. and, you know, I think everybody enjoys living in, in Arizona when they get <laughs> out there and become part of that Cardinals organization. It wouldn't be a, a bad place to be. So I think given all that, the fact that he could have that power there and a young quarterback that, you know, uh, you know, obviously Kyler is not Drew Brees, but, you know, he, he had that, you know, sort of shorter stature quarterback in the past and obviously, you know, developed a, one of the all-time great offenses in NFL history withdrew and and you know what might be capable with a guy like kyler murray can he inspire kyler you know to become that franchise quarterback that you know that the cliff kingsbury and steve kine and contractually they even tried to make happen um and all that so uh you know for the likelihood of the jobs are open right now i'd say arizona but but i i'd say you know let, let's wait till the playoffs finish because there, there's always seems to be some sort of surprise out there. Final question for you, and it's kind of along those lines as well. Is Jim Harbaugh in the NFL in 2023? It sure seems like he wants to be. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and uh, you know, obviously he's, he's been flirting, trying to get back for a couple of years now. And then you kind of hear those reports about perhaps some NCAA investigation. And I didn't even think those were, those were existing anymore with NIL and all right. this. Like I thought it was just kind of, you know, every every man for themselves in college football nowadays. So who knows what's going on if they're opening an investigation on you? But um, but yeah, given all that, given that you know he's a proven he's a proven commodity in the NFL, I think he'll be in there one way or the other. Um, but he sure has a nice fallback plan. But he could just be playing all of us. Yep. Just like Aaron Rodgers played all of us. You know, <laughs> with the, oh, I'm going to retire. I'm going to demand a trade. He ends up getting fifty million a year. Watch Michigan announce. You know, fifteen million dollar extension with with uh, Jim Harbaugh, and then you know we find out that he played us all. You know, going back to the NFL. So, uh, and but they, hey, guys, that's what makes the NFL <laughs> a three sixty five conversation. Yep, because there is always something to talk about. We just mentioned the great matchups. You guys mentioned coaching searches and Jim Harbaugh and quarterback uh, <laughs> carousel. Like you know, no matter how this weekend shakes out. We're going to be interested, you know, the next, you know, several months because of all these, you know, different names and, and coaching carousel now, and and it's it's going to be fun to uh, to ride along with it. 
we're in the wrong business, Omar. We need to be in the business where we can say, you know, <laughs> I'm thinking about doing TV. Or, or Omar, you can say, I'm thinking about doing radio. And be like, you know, no, hold on, Omar, hold on. Let me give you some more yeah, money. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah it's, uh, it's funny how that works, man. You just kind of got to get to the, the top of that respective food chain, and then, uh, and then the rest falls into place. Yeah, well, we ain't got there yet. We're working on it. We're, we haven't got there yet. Well, what, what do you got coming up, my man? What, what, what is? I know NFL Network keeping you busy, man. What you got coming up? Yeah, we got NFL Now tomorrow, 10 o'clock Pacific. We'll break down all the different uh, playoff matchups coming up here this weekend. We'll have the latest on the, the coaching searches and general manager searches. And then on Monday, we have the uh, NFL Game Day Final, you know, the, the post-game coverage of Cowboys, Buccaneers, so... Make sure you tune in to uh, NFL Network all weekend long. We'll be your home for all the, the pregame, postgame, and everything in between. You know I'm always locked in, my man. Are you going to be in Arizona for the Super Bowl this upcoming year? I hope so. Okay. I think, uh, you know, w- we haven't found out our, our schedules yet for the week, but, you know, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm just a, a short drive away. So even if the network doesn't send me uh, – I'll, I'll probably find a way to get out there. <laughs> I know that's right. Well, Omar, thanks so much, my man. I appreciate you. Okay, thanks for having me, Q. I appreciate it. All right, brother. There he goes. Omar Ruiz from the NFL Network on Twitter at Omar D. Ruiz. And, yeah, Damon, we're in the wrong business, brother. We're in the wrong business. You know, it's like I can't walk down the hallway and be like, you know, Natalie, I've been thinking about TV lately. You know, I've gotten on this YouTube thing, got a little bit of time in front of the camera. I'm starting to get a little bit more comfortable. All right, Q, we'll give you some more money. Like, that don't work for us. Yeah, because I know you. Talking about Natalie, if I told you, hey Q, uh, you know they uh, somebody else out there looking for a producer. Well, well best of luck to you. <laughs> <laughs> hope it works out. Yeah, hope they like the movie reviews. <laughs> That's just how it works, man. It don't work the same for everybody. Everybody ain't created equal. That's the reality of it. Four nineteen is the time. We'll come back, get to your calls, and then we'll get ten to win from the athletic. He'll join us at four thirty. It's Radio Nation Radio nine twenty. Now back to unnecessary roughness with your boy Q. Q. Ted Wynn from The Athletic will join us at 4.30, do a little film study. Had some great guests on the show, and of course, we've heard from you, Raider Nation. We definitely appreciate you on this day. 702-365-9200, don'tbebroke.com, text line at 69187, keyword r Let's go on out to Mount Diablo. Talk to our guy, Johnny. Welcome to the show. What's on your mind? Hey, how's it going, boys? Uh, just calling because, um, you know, you guys have had a lot of great guests on, a lot of great callers, but one thing that is that has been stuck out in my mind uh, from the moment they brought up, or from the moment we all found out Derek Carr was being benched, uh, being benched, excuse me, um, was all of the older fans that have been calling in saying they've been fans for so long, and you know, before uh, 2000 with Gruden and the Super Bowl and all that, and they're saying, you know, we're sick of Carr, ready to move off of him. And I understand some of the newer aged fans that are kind of done with Carr. Um, because that's all they've known. But for the ones that have been older, uh, like myself, where we've been fans, well, I've been a fan since 98, and I lost a bunch of money uh, at the Super Bowl that I was still in high school, that I hard-earned. Uh, and so, like, all of the quarterbacks leading up before uh, Carr was atrocious. The day that I was really, really excited, uh, I went to the Jason Campbell game that he got hurt when oh. Vegeta, when Brown, well, when uh, the Browns Vegeta landed on him yep. and bounced off of him and broke his collarbone. Yep. That was like the first quarterback I've had in like 10 years that like inspired a little bit of hope. And then Derek Carr came in and absolutely brought more hope and stability to the, to the position. It's a super important uh, position and he was awesome. He's had nothing but bad luck and the defense has always been bad. 
Um, Charles Woodson can't do it all himself in the earlier years, and he you know, was a great leader on defense, but the defense was still not where it needed to be to give him help. Uh, and our offensive line, or the offense this year um, that had everybody talking about the big four, you know, with Waller, Renfro, uh, Adams, and also Josh Jacobs, we never got to see that in full fruition. fruition. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, the offensive line has had bright spots here and there, but it's been pretty bad all in all. Um, and, you know, I, I love Derek Carr. I've always been a supporter of him. And since uh, the, the Raiders left, even when the Raiders were in town uh, here in the Bay, um, I, also, I always used to call on the radio stations and just always defend Derek Carr and hit him with a bunch of pretty much my opinion that I've given you guys. And they always were just like, all right, whatever, back to the Niners. Um, but I completely understand why he's leaving. Um, it sucks, but I get it. The money he's owed will hurt the possibilities of re-signing Josh Jacobs and filling obvious holes that we need to become a better team. Um, but there's two things that is going to devastate me in this offseason. Off is One, if we don't re-sign Josh Jacobs, because I know they have a lot of faith in Zeus White, and from what we've seen, that has been very, very brief. Uh, it's been awesome. Uh, and so let's hope he's that way, that he will be under, uh, kind of be like a Josh Jacobs 2.0, but we'll soon find out. And then number two is if they don't go out and bolster the defense or at least bring in some offensive line, mm-hmm. because I can only imagine what Jared Siddham's going to look like when he gets destroyed in a couple games because we didn't address those things. And all of those, the new Raider fans and some of the older Raider fans are going to be like, yeah, maybe we should have held on to Carr, but I completely understand where he left. Thank you for taking the call, and you guys are awesome. Thanks so much for the call. Appreciate you. And yeah, a lot of good stuff right there, my man. I'll tell you what, when Jason Campbell got injured, uh, that was the beginning of the end because Carson Palmer came in after that. Uh, they made that trade for him. And, man, in between Campbell and Carr, Campbell, Bowler, Palmer, Pryor, McGloin, Flynn, all those quarterbacks in between a very small period of time. For 2011, 2014, they got all those quarterbacks that they had in that small period of time. Well, 2010 is when Campbell started. 2010 to 2014, they had Gretkowski, Palmer, Bowler, Pryor, McGloin, Flynn. Six quarterbacks in four years. That's ridiculous. Let's get one more quick call in. Raider Mac, welcome to the show. What's on your mind? Hey, Q. Hey, hey DeMond. Hey, um, first thing I, I want to say, you know, I want to thank Derek Carr for – you know, everybody's thanking him for what he done on the field, but that guy was—he—he—he he, he was a stand-up. He's a stand-up guy off the field. What what I mostly loved about him was that he, you know, he—he—he he, he took care of business off the field. You never heard any scandals or anything with him as a as a leader. So I will thank him for that. Um, I just want to say also, um, Benny brought up a point about. Uh, I think it was uh, uh, he was bringing up a point that that Derek Carr, uh, as far as the trade, Derek Carr is not going to do us any favor. I'm telling you that right now. After listening to his brother, he's not going to do us no favor. Uh, We're probably going to end up have to release him because we right now we like one of the worst franchises in 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 sports, and and it's sad to say that. But the reason why they, they, that these people keep saying we are is because we keep we, we it's not about losing us because we just have like a black cat following us for some reason. Every time you look around, there's something happened to our to our franchise where you don't see that with the Kansas Cities and all the different teams. And my last point, 
Uh, my, my, the game uh, against Tampa Bay when he threw for 513, uh, that's the game I'm always going to remember the kid for. So, I mean, you know, I'm not a, I, I don't, it's not that I don't like Derek Carr. I just didn't even think he was at, at, at that next level. I didn't think he could bring you a Super Bowl. And that's just me. He's, I, to me, he's like Kirk Cousins. I, I just don't think he he would have brought us a Super Bowl. So we need to move on and go from there. But he, he you know, I, I'm proud of him. I wish him well, and uh, we gotta we gotta straighten our own house up because right now we're a disaster. We're all over the place. So hopefully we'll straighten this out and and go from there. But uh, Stidham is not the answer neither. We gotta move up in the draft. We should move up or either. Um, move up or get one of these young guys. And now, one good thing: why, why would we go after Aaron Rodgers? We nobody said we could get Devontae Adams. Let's go get Aaron Rodgers. Let's try it. You can't, it can't hurt. And I'll leave you with that cue. All right, thank you for the call, Raider Mac. I do appreciate you. We'll get back to your call just uh, in, in just a little while. But uh, uh, right now on the phone lines from the Athletic is our good friend Ted Wynn. Uh, you can find him on Twitter at FB underscore Film Analysis. And Ted, thanks so much for your time this afternoon. We do appreciate you. And of course, everyone's talking about Derek Carr and who's going to be next. And so let me—I want to talk defense with you. I really want to specify the defensive side of things because the Raiders need to uh, boost bolster that side of the ball up. But uh, with Derek Carr being gone from the organization now, he said it's good buys today, Instagram, Twitter, whatever the case may be. Uh, what did you think of the, the run that Derek Carr had with the Silver and Black? Uh, I think, you know, it, it was kind of a sad run because there was so much potential there for greater things, especially after 2016 when everything broke the right way for him. And then, unfortunately, it ended with him um, his leg before making the playoffs. You know, who knows? They could have made a playoff run that year. And obviously, the next year, that injury affected him as well. And you know, we saw stretches of really strong play from Derek Carr as well, and I, I still believe he's kind of a fringe top ten type of guy. Um, and you know, I, I think outside of maybe three or four guys, there's not a ton of guys that could have elevated this Raider franchise from all the dysfunction that happened. Um, so, you know, I, I think for Derek Carr, he's a guy that needs help, and there's a, and that's almost every quarterback in the league. So. Um, uh, you know, I think he'll, he'll do, depending where he gets traded, he might have more success outside of this Raider, Raiders organization. But um, nine years is a long time, and um, I, I think um, he, he did his best for this organization. But ultimately, um, you know, I, I think it was time to flip the page. Yeah, I agree. And he might have the Matt Stafford effect somewhere, wherever he goes. And again, like you said, don't know exactly where he's going to end up. Ted Wynn is our guest from the Athletic here on Radio Nation Radio 920. And to say rough this. Now, I do want to look at the defensive side of things. And you saw what Patrick Graham was attempting to do in year one with the silver and black. How much of an overhaul, in your opinion, after looking at the film, do you think that his defense needs to be able to execute the way he wants to? Yeah, I mean, I, I think I think you need a few pieces. I think, um, you know, I think they were hit hard by injuries. So if you could count on some guys coming back and, and um, recovering and playing well next year, um, I think, you know, I don't think you need like five or six new starters. But, I mean, you definitely need an upgrade at the interior of the defensive line. I think, you know, you need another starting corner, maybe bump Nate Hobbs back. Uh, to nickel, um, I think Trayvon. I think Trayvon Morey could play better. Um, you know, I'm still not ready to give up on him yet. Uh, he had a few strong games, but overall, his uh, senior league was disappointing. Um, and 
I think you need some consistency at linebacker. I mean, you know, obviously they, they were hit hard by injuries at that position, but if they have uh, their guys healthy, including Denzel Perriman, I feel like they're, they're the linebacker position is not that bad. So I, I think overall the defense was hit pretty hard by injuries, but if you have all the guys healthy, um, then, you know, I, I think you're not that far away from uh, at least a solid defense. Okay, that that makes sense. And you know, you mentioned Trayvon Merrick, and uh, Raider Mac just called us, and he, he's a uh, he's not a big Trayvon Merrick guy because well, he just he took a step back this past season. Uh, what do you think? I know he was injured with the hip injury, but what do you think is the biggest reason for Trayvon's struggles? And like I said, taking a step back in his, in his second year in the league. Uh, I think the hip injury is probably pretty big. I mean, for for a defensive back, you know, hip flexibility and the the, the ability to flip your hips and move is a, is a pretty big deal, and I think um, there's a pretty big difference between what he was asked to do year one and year two. Um, year one, he was just kind of that middle-of-the-field safety, um, and that's, you know, and, and there's some good and bad to running a, a defensive style that simple, that as we saw, as we saw in Gus Bradley's uh, one year with the Raiders, and in the second year, he was asked to do a lot more, and you know, I, I think sometimes it could take sometimes adjust to that. So it was almost like he had to relearn how to play the position. So it was almost like he, he, he was a rookie all over again. Um, so, I mean, you know, those are just, it could just be excuses for him, honestly, but I, I do believe he could play better. I do think that a year in the system helps. Um, and I, I just think his TCU tape is too good to ignore and some of the things he did his rookie year. So I, I think he could play better. Talking again with Ted Wynn from The Athletic here on Radio Nation Radio 920. And I say roughness, DeMond's got one for you. You mentioned Trayvon Merrick's has responsibilities changed from the defense from year to year. But what are some of those responsibilities in Patrick Graham's defense that is required of not only the safeties but the secondary in general? Uh, you're playing a lot more different types of coverages. You're not just playing cover three and cover one. Um, you know, you're, you're playing quarters. You're playing co- you know, cover six. You're playing different zone coverages. Um, so you're learning different techniques. You have different responsibilities. You, you know you have to play the man to man here. You have to blitz here. You have to um, you know you, there's all sorts of things you have to learn. Um, so you have to be able to get your assignments down in your head, and then you have to go out and execute those assignments. And uh, you know we, we've, we've seen around the league a lot of those um, safeties and uh, those highly touted uh, players that are quote unquote position lists that come into the league and they, they really struggle their first year because. Uh, part of their strength is their versatility, but because of the versatility, they have to learn how to do a lot of things. So uh, it, it takes some time for those guys to kind of uh, start making plays in the league. So I, I think that's the same kind of developmental curve that more kind of went through this year. And I don't mean to put you on the spot if you don't know off the top of your head, but Uh-oh, what coverage out, do you think, in which coverage, if you have the numbers that the Raiders' defense was the most successful in in this past season? Uh, I, I don't have that in front of me, but I mean, I think they were pretty good at, at times that they they played man and, and blitz heavily. Uh, but I mean, obviously, you could do you can't do a lot of that when your guys start going down and getting hurt and getting injured. Um, but you know, just watching the film, I, I just remember a few, some. They looked pretty good when they were they were able to be aggressive and play some man coverage. Um, I remember the um, the second Chargers game in particular. They had a lot of uh, success blitzing Justin Herbert and playing man coverage. 
Ted, I remember or you, I mentioned, you mentioned Nate Hobbs and maybe kicking him back to the nickel position. Uh, I wanted to ask you about that because he was banged up quite a bit. He actually hurt his hand again in the final game of the season against Kansas City. Uh, what, what, what was it about what he did uh, in the slot compared to what he did on the outside in 2022? Uh, what what kind of made him better in the slot than he, than he was this year? Um, I think in the slot, you know, he, he could do a, a few different things. Like he, he, he could play different type of zones. He could blitz. He could, he, you know, so part of his strength is coming up in run support. And when you're out there in Island outside, um, that's his pure coverage ability mostly. Uh, so, you know, I think his, his hand injury definitely didn't help with that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I thought he did play pretty decent outside beginning of the season before he was hurt. Uh, but I just think that, you know, we saw him play his best when he was at the nickel position. It doesn't mean that I, I wouldn't give him a chance to play out there again. But, I mean, I think you need to add a corner not just for the possibility of kicking him inside. You need to add another corner for uh, depth overall because we saw how much corner depth really hurt this team. You know, I mentioned uh, earlier in the show that uh, I thought that the Raiders needed to go out and if they made a big splash of free agency, one would be uh, Deron Payne from Washington if the, he does, in fact, uh, you know, get loose and, and they allow him to test the market. Uh, do you think that Deron Payne would fit in well with what Patrick Graham is trying to do? Yeah, I, I just think they need more talent. And, and Payne is obviously a talented player, and especially interior guys. They get, they, I think they need... Some interior rush, you know, I know Chandler Jones was disappointing in the beginning of the season and started playing a little bit better towards the end, but, you know, he, I don't think he's going anywhere uh, right. because of the contract. So you're going to have Crosby and Jones, and it would really help to have a really disruptive interior rusher. You saw, you know, Jerry Tillery kind of provide a little bit of a spark inside. I don't think he's a long-term answer, but just having a little more athleticism inside, a little bit more of a pass rush presence inside really helps out those edge guys. Talking right now with Ted Wynn from The Athletic here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Unnecessary roughness. One guy who's going to be a free agent for the Raiders is Denzel Perryman. Uh, you mentioned the linebacker position. Should he be a priority for the Raiders to bring back? You know, I, I think when he's out there on the field, he, he's definitely a, a big impact player as we've seen, but the fact is that he, you know, he's been pretty injury prone the last couple of years. Um, so, you know, I think if you do bring him back, you probably bring him back on a, on a short-term uh, incentive-based contract. But um, I don't think that, sh- you know, even if you do bring him back, I don't uh, stop you from trying to upgrade the position still just because, right. uh, you know, you need guys on the field. And um, he, I think just the way he plays. Um, kind of lends itself to I- injury at times. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Uh, he wasn't one of the guys that I made as a priority, but I could see him being a piece that they at some point bring back because, well, he is a spark when he's out there, but in 2022 only played in 12 games. And, and Ted, I just got a couple more questions for you, and this I want to flip over to the offensive side of things. With the offensive line, you've mentioned before that uh, Dylan Parham, you thought it was a better center. Uh, do you think that the Raiders should make the decision to put him at the center position in 2023? Uh, I think it. I think it depends on what you can get um, from free agency and the, the draft. If you can upgrade um, the guard spots, then yeah, I, I think Parham his natural fit is at center. I think there were times where um, his, his size at guard was just he got pushed around a little bit mm-hmm. in pass protection. He got bull rushed at times. Uh, so, but you know, at the same time, I, I think he's a good player with good footwork. I think he's intelligent. Um, so I, I think those skills kind of lend itself to, lends itself to center a little bit better. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think the hope is that you can get two starting guards and you can move them to center. 
when it comes to this offense, another person that's going to be able to test free agency is going to be Mac Hollins. From what you've seen from him in this past season, do, do you think that the Raiders need a better option as that number two on the outside of Devontae Adams? Um, you know, they, they have so much money invested to Darren Waller, Devontae Adams, and Hunter Renfro um, that it, it's hard to say that you need a better weapon than Mac Hollins, who was pretty reliable. Um, you know, I, I think he played a bigger role than he should have because of injuries. Um, but, I mean, if you could bring Mac Holmes back for a reasonable deal, you know, I, I think you, you have to just because he became such a big part of the offense. And, you know, if those guys get hurt again, he's a, you know, a pretty depend, dependable target. You know, I, I wouldn't want him as my official number two receiver, right? Uh, but as a guy that could fill in and as a guy that could do the dirty work blocking and playing special teams, and as a depth guy, I think he was really valuable um, last year, so I, I would try to bring him back if I can, but I mean, obviously you don't want to break the bank for him because you have so much invested in Waller and Renfro. Yeah, he ended up playing a role that he did not expect to play. <laughs> Let's just put it like that. He expected to be a guy that might have got a few passes here and there. Instead, he ended up being, like DeMond said, uh, the de facto number two wide receiver for the Raiders for the majority of the year. Well, Ted, we'll wrap up with this. We'll go back to the offensive line real quick. I floated the idea of putting Colton Miller on the right side if they could go and upgrade the left tackle position. Do you think that that's something that would be viable for the offensive line in 2023? Yeah, I mean, it's possible. I know uh, Miller worked really hard at uh, improving a left tackle, and I thought he had one of his best years this year, especially as a, as a run blocker. Uh, but you know, I, I wouldn't be able to answer that unless I have trained, you know, trained with Colton Miller and right. know exactly how comfortable he is switching sides. Because I think there are some guys that can make that switch pretty seamlessly. Um, and I think there are other guys that would really, really struggle if you put if you switch sides. So. Um, I think that's the question that you know the Raiders offensive line coach or any other coach that he, he's worked with would have a better answer for. Uh, but well, I'll just say some guys could do it, and, and some guys really struggle to switch sides. Yeah, no, that's true. I remember when Donald Penn tried to switch sides and go to the right side. He was on the struggle bus. He said it was like doing everything backwards. I guess Colton Miller doing it in college might help a little bit, but uh, it's been a while since he's been in college. So uh, it should be interesting. Yeah. We know that the offensive line needs to be upgraded. We know the defense needs to be upgraded. They got a lot of work to do with the silver and black to be a, a, a real deal team in 2023 where they're competing to get into, well, playing this upcoming weekend or, or for weekends to come in the playoffs. So, Ted, fantastic stuff. What do you got coming out on The Athletic that we should be on the lookout for? I just wrote a piece on the uh, AFC playoff for uh, matchups to watch out for in The Athletic, so uh, look out for that. All right, we'll do. Well, Ted, thanks so much, my man. It's great to catch up with you. I appreciate you. No problem. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. There he goes. Ted Wynn from The Athletic on Twitter at FB Film Analysis. Uh, breaks down, does all kind of stuff with uh, YouTube. And, oh, he's TikTok. He's on the TikTok now. Got to make sure to uh, check that out, like Honda would say, on the TikTok. We're on the TikTok. <laughs> like, an old, like an old person would say. Yeah, there you go. 4.43 is the time. We'll take a quick break. Come back, close out the show. It's Radio Nation Radio 920. You're listening to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q on Raider Nation Radio. I don't know why commercials are catching my, my ears today. But that Cosina, I went to it. Remember we talked about it last week. Thought it was Sylvia on the commercial. It was. <laughs> Give us your review. Oh, it was great. It was fantastic. It's right next to Joe's, as a matter of fact. Uh. So if you're in the Caesars Forum, you can go right next to Joe's. It's right there. It's only been open about a month. We had a great conversation. They had like over 100 margaritas there. Or they could make like over 100 margaritas. They got a bunch of tequilas. Just saying. 
I went, matter of fact, right after the game on Saturday. That's where we went. After after the Raiders lost to the Kansas City Chiefs and Wynn did locker room and uh, you went and continued to work and others went and continued to work, that's where I went. Went, into, uh, went, went to that casino, man, right there in Caesars. So you're talking about the margaritas. Did you get the normal margarita that you get or did you say, hey, man, over 100, let me try something new? Yeah, I asked for something new. I'm trying to remember what I got. They get. I, I asked them for their best margarita, and so Ooh. they just brought me their best margarita, and then that was a good one. So then I asked for another one. I was like, well, let me get, you know, let me go and get a, a, a Cadillac, because I always get a Cadillac margarita. And she said, okay, I'll make you a special Cadillac. So she made me a special Cadillac, and I don't really know what that means. <laughs> I really don't know what that means. But apparently I was special. She's going to charge you an extra dollar. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. She got an extra dollar. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that was a special. <laughs> the bill. <laughs> she made the bill really special. No, it was it was good, though. The food was was fantastic. Um, nice, nice little chill type place. It wasn't, you know, super crazy busy. Uh, so it was easy to get in and get out. It was, it was, it was cool. It was good. I give it, I give it two thumbs up. So right there, if anyone's thinking about advertising, the power of radio works because I heard the commercial last week. I went to it the next day and it was a really good place. Boom. Just saying. All right, for some of us that are not in the uh, Q Myers, you know, pay bracket, am I getting out of there okay if, you know, someone like myself goes? Well, I mean, it depends. Are you taking Kayla with you? I mean, you know what? I'm going to pay for myself. <laughs> no, you ain't. You're going to pay for Kayla too. Um, Let me think. I know how you eat, so you eat kind of a lot. I could eat there and then go to Joe's after and still be home. No, no, you're not going to do all that. That's that, that Now, man, you're, you're going to have to take – my paycheck and Natalie's paycheck to eat at both those places. No, I mean it's it's not it ain't the cheapest place. Mm-hmm. I'll put it like that. But if you're you know you're going out to a nice little spot, okay. you know you don't mind spending a little little bit of money. Not not over the top. Okay, little bit of money. I let's put it like this. I paid more part more. No, I didn't. I almost paid more for for parking than I did there because I got my car valeted. <laughs> I didn't. Oh, okay. Want, <laughs> I didn't want to walk. <laughs> so I was like, this is what I did. This is when you know you have a problem. I have a problem. I got a real issue. I need to be humbled. I ain't going to lie to you. I need to be humbled. I pulled up into the valet, and I saw a bunch of open spots. So I was like, okay, cool. They got plenty of spots. So I said, yeah, can you just valet my car? I told everyone to get out the car, right? Can you valet? They said, oh, the valet's closed. I said, what you mean it's closed? They said, oh, there's, it's full. I said, it's definitely not full. There's spots right there. And he goes, oh, those are going for like 100 bucks or something like that. I said, well, go park it over there. <laughs> oh, oh. Well, go on, park it over. What are you waiting for? Go on, park it over there then. And then I negotiated with them, and I didn't pay that much, but still. Okay. But still. But the disrespect to not think that you would want to pay that $100. You're a movie guy. I'm like Eddie Murphy in Beverly Hills Cop when he rolled up in the uh, the dump truck, and he said, hey, I get paid 100 for limos. I get paid this and that. And, uh, what do I do with this? Parking next to a limo. <laughs> That's what I was doing. I don't know. I don't, hey, man. I don't, my bad. I done got out of character a little bit, right? I done got out a little bit of character. Instead of parking my own car, I'm like, oh, go on, park it on over there in that empty spot. Well, those cost a little bit. That's all right. That's all right. Just make sure it don't hit nothing. You don't hit nothing or else it's on. Just saying. 452 is the time. Let's go on out to the phone lines, man. Let's not worry about parking cars. 702-365-9200. Passionate Raider. What's on your mind, brother? Man, good evening, gentlemen. Good evening, man. You know, started that new job today, man. It's a blessing to get to do what I'm getting to do now, Q. But nice. getting off work and seeing the news and seeing Derek Sutter today, man, you know, it kind of did touch a little. It did hit me a little bit because, you know, that, that man did give his blood, sweat, and tears for this team. And it's sad the way it had to end, but it's all a business decision, man. We just want to win. 
and I'm sorry, a greater nation, sorry, we wish it could have happened with Derek. Things didn't line up the way, money didn't line up the way, and there's just no way in reality we could build the team to move forward with the way the contracts are playing out at the time. It really does suck that he's not going to be there no more. He made me madder than any quarterback we've ever had because, like a lot, he brought stability, and we just expected him to be able to do more than what he did. But in my eyes, Q, the man gave us all, man. He did love Raider Nation, and I wish the man nothing but the best. But we gotta, we got to seal that package and send it off and move forward, man, because like that sign says in the front of the thing, the future of the Raiders shines the brightest. And we just have to believe this. No matter what's going on, no matter what Mark's doing, whatever this is doing, we just got to believe that we are going to move in the right direction. I've never been more mad as a Raider fan this year with the way the season ended out. But you know what, Hugh? It's... We, it's in the, it's the writings on the wall that this is a rebuild. This is a full rebuild and we're just going to have to sit back and let it play out. And hopefully these guys that are in there, they've seen what they've done in New England. We're going to have to do it over here. Build that defense up to where we got the nastiest defense. When you come to play us, you know you're going to get hit. That's what we have to do. And that offense is going to run. That offense is going to purr. Build that defense up, and a championship will come. That's something we haven't done in years. Build that defense, and let's go handle business moving forward. Thanks for taking my call, man. God bless everybody in Raider Nation. Hold your head high, because the future, I'm still going to say this, man, as I get, the future is our bright spot. Let's go. Let's get them. Raiders! Come on! There he goes. Passionate Raider. Build that D. Got to build that D. I'm not mad at you. Got to do that. Got to do that. It's been a long time since the Raiders had that quality D, man. They've got to definitely build that up. 69187 keyword R&R. Mailman Raiders said, Q, DC gave us watchable football for nine years. I mean, we watched before him, but aside from Campbell, if we missed the game and looked at the score, oh, 37-3, I didn't miss anything. I just hope the next guy brings us that plus more. Thank you, DC4. What's a Raider? Always a Raider. I'm going to tell my boss... Uh, my boss ups, uh, UPS and FedEx, they want my talents. Maybe I'll get a raise. That's funny. Yeah, you're right about that. Sounds good, right? UPS and FedEx wants my talents, and you'll get a raise. That doesn't happen. It doesn't work. We all think about it, but it doesn't work. So thanks for all the texts. Thanks for all the calls. Appreciate all the great guests we have. Brad Spielberger, Vinny Bossignor, Omar Ruiz, and Ted Nguyen. Uh, Ted Wynn from The Athletic as well, uh, doing a little film breakdown for us. And, uh, of course, we'll be back here tomorrow. Uh, won't be at a Buffalo Wild Wings. I can't believe it. I can't believe my Buffalo Wild Wings run is over, Demond. I don't know what to do myself. I might not come to work. Are you going to come in studio? I don't know. I'm still deciding because <laughs> I'm used to being at Buffalo Wild Wings on Friday, so we'll think about that. But uh, Red Nation, appreciate you. Passionate. Thank you for the call, man. Uh, we'll do it again tomorrow here on Red Nation Radio 920. Have a good night.